Blog Talk Radio. Broadcasting from Atlanta, Georgia, home of the world's greatest artist, TLC, Gladys Knight, India Ari, Indigo Girls, and Hartsfield Atlanta Jackson Airport, the Falcons, and Clark Atlanta University. This is The Bright Side with Technicia, a daily show with real people with real experiences. And now, here's your host, Technicia. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the Bright Side with Technicia. Today is February the 16th, 2017. I'm we're almost done with this month, man. Look how fast it's going. You know, it's, it's going real quick. And we have started a new year and everything. But forget a whole new year. We're about a new you. What are we doing this year to get ourselves together? Have you done those goals that you said you was going to do? What about those New Year's resolutions? <laughs> Have you done those yet? I hope so, that you got the action plan in. Because if not, then you need to get up on board, right? And don't forget, Affirmation Nation every day of the week, Monday through Sunday. You can't miss it, Monday through Friday at 7.25 a.m. Eastern Time, and Saturday and Sunday at 8.55 Eastern Time. And if you don't know the number, it's at, like the at symbol on Instagram, at Millmind, M-I-L-L-M-I-N-D. Text that 81010, and you will be logged in. And if you have an issue of calling in, you can also use the app called Sidelines, and it will get you on in. And you can't beat it because it's just free advice, giving you notes, giving you tips on everyday life, keeping you positive and everything. Make sure you check it out, Affirmation Nation on Facebook, and also we are millionairemindedcom But what are the things that you have already promised yourself? Is it weight loss? Have you said that you need a new job? Most of you already have said that your main goal is to do what? Get in shape this year, and that's what we're planning on doing. We want to regain and maintain that health in 2017. And I have here with me to tell us more about it is, Ashaya Shanye, she is one of the extraordinary teachers of the living and body, the wisdom, uh, Ayurveda, if I say that correctly. She transmits it through the roots of her ancient family lineage as well as throughout her newest book that we will be discussing, Ayurveda Lifestyle Wisdom, a complete prescription to optimize your health, prevent disease, and live with vitality and joy. Darling, I do appreciate you for coming on to the show. I hope I said your name correctly, did I? Because I didn't want to mess it up. Well, you said my name with a lot of love, but I, maybe I'm just going to say it again. And my name is Shunya, which means infinity. Uh, but my title, my title okay. is Acharya, and maybe you can just call me Shunya, and we'll just go from there. So, I like Yes, Shun, I love it. I love your name. Beautiful name. Thank you. Thank so you. What is, you're so welcome. So, Shania, mainly our goal for this year is to get in shape. That's what a lot of people are doing, um, trying to maintain health, focusing on weight loss and everything. But your book brings about that, where you're focusing on health and preventing disease. Let's find out, why, why did you start this book? What was your purpose behind it? You know, Technicia, I was born in India, and um, uh, I was born in a family, which we call a lineage, 
which has been imparting this great knowledge of Ayurveda, which is an ancient system of health and healing and how to be happy. From India, it's a sister science of yoga. So I grew up with this knowledge and then I overcame and or, you know, remarkably um, overcame a, a genetic condition that puts a lot of people in wheelchair, but I'm walking, I'm running. And then I became a teacher of this, and I have a school of Ayurveda in California. I'm the president of a statewide association of California in Ayurveda. And then I am also part of like a 60-country consortium. So Ayurveda is spreading worldwide. And I'm going to be turning 50 next year, Technicia, and I just felt that this knowledge, which has helped me and is helping thousands of people, it really needs to get into the hand of everybody. And so I wrote this book and just gave away all my secrets and all my inspiration so that people can read this, enjoy it, and, you know, implement it in their life. Well, for you to be going on the age of 50, you look mighty good, Shania. You do. Kudos to you, honey. Yeah. Okay, if I could snap my fingers around, I would if I have on these steps. But now you refer to Ayurveda as the best-kept seeker of humanity. What have we been missing? I think, um, you know, we've been talking about the paradigm of, you know, disease management. That's what our main medicine is all about. You know, we firefight once a fire has already caused some damage and ravages and symptoms. And then we all collectively came to the recognition that maybe we could prevent disease. And, you know, different systems teach prevention. But Ayurveda talks not about disease at all, you know, management or prevention. And through it's this inspired lifestyle, which is in connected with nature and spirit, it actually awakens health. And that's a very different thing. Like you get up in the morning and, you know, you don't focus on anything else, but just like, this is the time I'll get up. This is when I'll go to bed. This is the exercise I will do. These are the recipes I will eat. These are the flowers that I will smell or apply to my body by making a paste. And you do it. You're enjoying yourself. It's like you're in a spa every day in your own home. And it's unique that something powerful, our own immunity, our own happy chemicals, everything wakes up. And I've had countless people not focus on their grave conditions like MS or thyroid or obesity, and everything starts balancing. So it's almost like when people read this book, they don't have to worry about their disease. It's universal. They can apply these practices. They are feel-good, delicious, beautiful practices. And somehow they, you know, blood tests start revealing, you know, improved conditions and their, you know, symptoms start improving. It's like meditation. You meditate and your BP drops, your inflammation reduces, but you were not trying to balance the BP. You know, you were doing meditation because it makes you feel good. Am I, am I able to convey what I'm trying to say? That this was a secret. This was not known. And today, Ayurveda brings that paradigm forward to all of us. Well, I'll tell you one thing. I definitely love the book because you break it down into different categories on how to get the best sleep, the gateways of positive change. So everything is, I mean, it's literally, it's, it's simplistic, you know, giving you giving you um, different things, even a radiant and sparkling smile, you know. That would help a lot of people 
if they probably smile a little bit more. Uh, can you come again? What were you asking, Tignisha? No, I was saying I love the way your book is la- um, laid out oh. in, in your different chapters with things that help you, like even for your teeth, you have foods that are beneficial for teeth. Um, that, I mean, yes. and, and things <laughs> pertain to your smile. Like the book really lays out everything that you really don't think of, even with your colon. That's a big issue, you know, people having colon cancer and everything. So this book really teaches you things like how to even how to have a healthy bowel. Like you, you can't beat that. This book is laid out for your whole life. Everything that goes on with your body that you possibly don't even think about. This book is laying lays it out for you. It's it's so simplistic, and I, I love it. Every chapter is filled with something. You know, um, it must took a lot of research and detail to do this, though, Shania. Well, what happened, Technicia, was that uh, it took me a year and a half to write it, but it didn't take me a lot okay. of effort to search it because the reason is that I've been imparting this knowledge in an uninterrupted fashion for almost two plus decades. So what happened was wow. that I lead, a course, I lead a course and I lead people through transformations. I have people clearing up their rashes, blood sugar dropping, depression lifting, you know, weight being lost. And I give them a very systematic knowledge and I transmit this knowledge and I teach them how to cook the recipes or, you know, make those beauty masks that they can apply on their skin using natural ingredients from their garden. So then it was just a matter of putting it down so that, you know, so fortunately I was already full with this knowledge and so blessed with it. And, you know, so, um, and my conviction strengthened by not only seeing these miracles happen when I was growing up in India, where my grandfather, who was a teacher, you know, being, you know, beloved to our whole community because of what he was doing. But then I, in my own life here in California, through my foundation, my nonprofit foundation, through the multiple clinics that we run, again and again and again, seeing that maybe the path to health is not rocket science after all. Maybe it is as simple mm-hmm. as you can't sleep and you cook milk with some spices and you fall asleep. You know, it's as simple as that. And that's why I just put it down. And I'm so glad you you appreciated. I was talking to someone and they said they had read many books on Ayurveda, but with this book, they finally got it. And because it is so systematic, they don't have to read the whole book. They can just go to the section they need, whether it is sleep or skin problem or, you know, or they're feeling sad, and they can just read that. What did the 5,000-year-old wisdom want to offer us? And they can just plug into that. And then when they benefit from it, they feel motivated to read something else and gradually change their lifestyle. It doesn't have to be done overnight. Right. Yeah, it is. It's very, you don't find too many books like this. Especially like, for instance, it tells you what type of foods are good for you during the autumn season. And that's a good advice because a lot of times we eat to have way too much fat. You storing it during the summertime when you're supposed to be probably eating it during the wintertime. So a lot of things that we do to our bodies that we're doing incorrectly and we don't know it because we haven't been taught the correct way. But as you said, it is it's very simplistic. There's no doubt about that. But there are some misconceptions about Ayurveda. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that, Shania? What are some of those misconceptions that 
I or others don't know. Yeah, so, I mean, and, and I'd love to go into that, but before that, I just wanted to respond on, you know, your comment around seasonal diets that it's, it's so tragic that, you know, we humans are the only animal that, you know, kind of become very connected to our favorite foods or what some industry mm-hmm. experts tell us what to eat, or we are even eating, you know, exceptionally culturally or regionally, but we have given up our connection to nature, whereas all wild beings in nature, their palate keeps changing through the different seasons, you know. So sometimes you eat heavier food when your metabolism and is connected to the season. And so in winter, we all feel more hungry, and that's the time to have heavier foods. And then in summer, it's so hot that we need to actually eat lighter, cooler foods. So fortunately, we don't have to make up that knowledge that thousands of years ago, the seers who gave us Ayurveda, they researched this for us, and it's universal knowledge. So no matter what cuisine you eat from which region, you can just fine-tune it with Ayurveda, you know. And regarding misconceptions, uh, you know, I just wanted to, I'm so glad you're asking me that question because, one, sometimes when something is so ancient, you wonder if it's relevant. And, I'm, you know, some people love things that are ancient. The others might be skeptical. And I'll tell you, I'm a skeptical being by nature, but I have voted for Ayurveda in my life because I saw that it's based on physics, it's based on science, it's based on the concept of hot, cold, motion and inertia, and, you know, what that does to a living organism. So I, and that is maybe, and then I've been witnessing over these decades how Ayurveda is spreading at a grassroots level. Nobody's promoting it, it's just spreading word of mouth because, it works. It takes us back to nature. So one misconception could be that it's ancient. Another one is that it's foreign. It's too exotic. It's too Indian. Don't worry about it because when Ayurveda was written, it clearly says this is for all beings. There is even Ayurveda for animals, horses, dogs, and trees. It's not for one kind of people who look one way and pray one way. It's for everybody who have body, mind, and soul. Mm-hmm. So conception that I didn't want people to be on the threshold of it might work for Indians in India no no it works for anybody anybody who wants to be leading a good life and another misconception could be do I have to become vegetarian because India taught you know the world the first lessons from being more vegetarian or eating lighter food or I change my religion none of that because Ayurveda actually does recommend that we eat a more vegetable protein diet because it's easier to digest. But then it also recommends all kinds of animal meats and actually evaluates their impact on your body. For example, it says that between, you know, beef and goat or pork, you know, goat meat is easier to digest. And if you are going to eat harder to digest meats like pork or beef, then here are some spices to add so that the food gives you energy and vitality, but doesn't become a liability on you by creating excess fat or toxicity. So it's really wonderful. And, you know, so, but people have that, you know, they hear this exotic Sanskrit word Ayurveda, and they wonder if it's like, no, I'm just going to pass over it. And I'm just going to say, don't miss that bus. It might change your life. Why? Well, people who don't be too informed on things like that, We'll have a conception such as that. But now, Shania, um, Ayurveda is a little differently from modern medicine, correct? 
and how so? Well, you know, they're completely oranges and bananas. You know, there are just there's nothing common. But the beauty is that Ayurveda has its own original science, and it compares the body as building blocks as the same as the universe, and it says that. We living beings, the human beings and all living beings actually are the microcosm and we have an intrinsic relationship with the universe, which is a macrocosm. And that is why the 24-hour daily rhythm and the 12-month seasonal rhythm, they all impact us. And I think it's beautiful. And in Western medicine, you know, we don't look at any of this. We actually, first of all, do not connect the human being with nature and seasons and chronobiological rhythms. Secondly, we, you know, do not see the human experience or the living experience as an integration of mind, body, and consciousness of spirit, but we dismember. In fact, we have, the, you know, the Cartesian model of, you know, dismembering the organ, and so we say, you know, the lung or, or, or you know, the intestines or, you know, so are the chemicals. So it's really like, um, you know, um, um, reductionist in its approach, whereas Ayurveda is from the get-go, holistic and integrative and really celebrates, you know. So if you walk into an Ayurveda practitioner's office or meet a teacher like mine or read my book, you don't have to be apologetic about, you know, how your body feels, your mind feels, or your spirit may feel lost, hopeless. And these are all spiritual conditions where we feel powerless, alienated, or we question why we're alive. And Ayurveda is very alert to addressing it because well-being must be expressed at every level. And then Ayurveda, you know, focuses a lot around food and spices and garden botanicals, where Western medicine would like to once again take out the active ingredient, even from a plant source medicine, and then work at a very chemical level or at a very, you know, molecular level. Um, but we like to use the food in its in closest to its natural form, maybe lightly cooked with you know a clarified butter or some healthy natural oil, not canola for sure, and you know a couple of spices and make it really fragrant, appetizing, and good for digestion. So food is medicine in Ayurveda. Lifestyle of when you wake up, when you sleep, when you exercise. You know, do you eliminate or not? These things, these affect the quality of our health and well-being. They're really important. But, for example, constipation. You could be constipated forever, and you'll just be told, you as in any, we'll just be told by Western medicine, no problem, just go when you can or take a laxative. In Ayurveda, I had to write a whole chapter on it. And when people use my suggestions of certain foods, certain yoga exercises, certain times of waking up and going, they start going normally, mm. and once nation is fixed, everything is fixed. You're no longer toxic. You feel happy. You feel healthy. So we look at these little, little things to be healthy, whereas Western medicine will wait till we have a toxic bowel syndrome and then give us some medication. So I'm not against Western medicine. I would use it when I need to, if I need to, and I would use it definitely for urgent care. But I like systems like Ayurveda that – just make me awaken my health, um, Technicia. Right, right. Your book, yeah, it does. She has the one chapter mainly just focusing on exercise, and it's giving you pointers like the best time to work out, like early winter is an excellent immunity, and then it has like 
what to do before exercising, what not to do, when not to exercise, how much exercise, and when. Like, I mean, who would have ever thought? Because usually I work out, like, most of the times I, I hit it as soon as I get off work. So that's about 10 o'clock p.m. That usually works for me. But this this is more than just, okay, I'm going to put this in a book and say, okay, this is great for you, but I'm she's breaking it down into every part of aspects of your life. Like, I'm telling you, you have to really you, – the, it's so many benefits to this book, and Ayurveda, it seems the way to go. And it's not a – to me, when you when you think of it, it sounds like, oh, it sounds so weird to me what Shania is doing. She's telling you things that people been telling people for the longest, how to eat. Half of this stuff that be killing us is so much chemicals in it and everything. And, you know, from doing so many interviews with different people and experts, um, you know, there's a lot of things we're not supposed to be eating. For instance, um, eating eating cow, eating beef. Cows don't eat other cows. We're supposed to eat what cows eat, you know, the grass-fed type stuff. So there's a lot of things that we're not doing. Drinking milk, that's not for us. Milk is just what it is for cows to feed their babies, to get the nutrients off, and that's about it. Just like the same way you feed your child breast milk, that's all it is. We're not, it's so many misconceptions that we have been led through but hopefully today we will fix those misconceptions. Also, um, Shania, you talk about doshas. What exactly, can you explain a little bit more about doshas? Because I, I have heard about those and, and how they combine to make up the constitution of the individual. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you asked me about doshas because I think that's a very key concept in Ayurveda medicine. And uh, dosha is to Indian medicine what the concept of chi is to Chinese medicine, you know, in a, in a really rough way, I can say that. But doshas can be, in, you know, for in very, very simple language said that they are like the energetic housekeepers of the human body and mind. And they are made up of the food we eat, but ultimately food is reduced to energy. And then we have three energy systems or forces called doshas, and they do different things, and they have different personalities, and we may be dominant in one or the other dosha. So then we can be guided through my book to do a certain lifestyle so that it becomes more personalized. So let's see. So the first dosha is, the name is vata, V-A-T-A, vata dosha. And this is the dosha that regulates movement. So from the blinking of our eyelid to the movement of food, through the movement of limbs or movement of our thoughts, it is regulated by vata dosha. And if it is an excess, then, you know, uh, we might have excessive blinking of the eye, the heartbeat may be, you know, fast. Our thoughts may be too rapid. We can experience anxiety. Our limbs may have pain. So the Ayurveda lifestyle will teach beautiful things like oiling the body with warm oil, massaging the body every day, five, ten minutes, with different kinds of natural warm oils, with gentle strokes before taking a shower. And that will calm Vata Dosha in each and every cell. And so before we take the painkiller or the anti-anxiety pill, or even in conjunction, we could do Ayurveda. Either way, I'm not stopping you. To, I'm not asking you to stop your pills, but you might realize that soon you are less anxious. You do have less inflammation. You are feeling more rested and stable, and the lifestyle will help you 
So understand what kind of dosha you have, what is, what, is it in a state of imbalance, and what can you do. The other dosha is known as pitta, P-I-T-T-A, and it's a fiery dosha, so it helps us digest, metabolize food, convert our thoughts into solutions and problem solving. So when it is in a balanced state, pitta dosha, it can create you know, a very sharp and healthy metabolism, it can help us be like, you know, problem solvers, cheerful, and pretty intelligent people. But in excess, it can create irritability, burnout, overwhelm, anger, heartburn, acid, and burning in our body, and like really red hot face. So, you know, we can go and, and say, oh, my God, I'm suffering from rosacea. Or, oh, no, I need, you know, anger management. And I've had countless people come to our California Foundation Vedika Global and, and, you know, and then they just simply start eating a diet that helps balance pitta and lead a lifestyle that balances pitta, like such as taking a bath in, in a tub with roses or marigolds or jasmines added to it, like these simple, simple things. And within a few weeks, they feel calmer, cooler, and through the diet, their heartburn and all those heat-related things calm down, and they go, wow, that's miraculous, because dosha is like the root of the problem. So instead of suppressing symptoms, we take care of the root aggravation of heat in the body. The third dosha is known as kapha, K-A-P-H-A, and in, in balance, it, it's a housekeeper that gives us nourishment and endurance in the mind and nourishment in the body. So in balance, it creates steadiness, immunity, and strength, and, you know, patience in the mind. But in excess, it can create weight gain, water retention, you know, edema. And in the mind, it can create weepiness, grief, attachment, and depression. So we balance kapha with the right yoga exercise recommendations, the right diet, the right lifestyle, or wake up at this time, go to bed at this time, eat at this time, 5,000-year-old tried and tested knowledge. And I don't know, I can't even count anymore, Technicia, how many people with chronic weight, they've tried every diet in the world, and then they start eating a kapha balancing diet, which is given in this book, and they start losing the weight. And they start, you know, overcoming their sadness and depression or passivity and inertia. So these doshas are, you know, they were studied by the ancient sages thousands of years ago. And they pronounced that all living beings, including plants and animals, have doshas. And, you know, we can get this knowledge and this lifestyle, which comes free. And we balance it. And we're just going to be so glad we did that. <laughs> well, I'm definitely... I'm definitely happy. Now, as far as it goes with uh, individuals' dosha, now once once that has been assessed, how does that person go about being treated once their dosha has been assessed? So the beauty of this is you don't have to do anything special apart from, you know, leading this lifestyle that puts you in sync with the sun and the moon. And so you wake up, with, you know, you wake up earlier and earlier and you go, go to bed sooner or later by 10, 1030. And then you eat at fixed times that I have recommended. You add certain spices. And the impact of this lifestyle is, and it's huge, the impact of this lifestyle is that it automatically balances all three doshas. And then I have given a list of symptoms. So if one finds, say you took that, you went through that list, 
And if you felt, you know, I think I would like to balance my pitta more or my kapha more, my heat more or my heaviness more, you know, or I have too much vata and I have too much anxiety. I'd like to balance this a little more. The good news is that with every section, I have given some additional tips to balance something out. So, you know, I think in this book, I've kind of captured everything I would tell a person in living and I would lead them to help. And I've made it, as you read it, so accessible and simple and translatable in the 21st century modern life here in America. And everything is accessible. There is no foreign or exotic ingredient that you're going to spend hours researching. I mean, I made sure, because I work right here in America, 98% of my clientele is not Indian. They're from every part of the world. You know, we are a melting pot here. So I made sure that everything I'm teaching works for your native cuisine, your own culture. You remain who you are. You can procure the ingredients from a natural food store, grocery store, or just online. And your doshas come under the spotlight, but without any heavy-duty sweating around it, just by leading this lifestyle and just a little bit of fine-tuning. So, for example... If you were going to massage your body, um, you know, I would say that if you have pain and inflammation, which is a vata condition, go ahead and use some sesame oil and throw in a little bit of this amount of castor oil and you're good to go. And if you have heat and rashes and sensitive skin, go ahead and, you know, mix coconut oil with, you know, sesame. So it's just a minor adjustment. And if you want to lose weight, then go ahead and just use sesame oil and make it as hot as you can tolerate on your skin. So it's like these very minor things that you can find. Anybody can fine tune, any reader, and there are no side effects and you only feel really blissed out and your doshas get balanced. Well, I hope everyone is keeping themselves balanced by listening to this show because I don't want you going anywhere. We're going to come back with Shania and we're going to discuss more about Ayurveda and also more on her book and everything and tell you where you can actually get it from. So don't touch that dial. We'll be right back after this commercial break. Thought it was over? Not yet. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. You're listening to Blog Talk Talk Radio, baby. Hey, America, we need to have a little talk. We've got more food in our country than we know what to do with. Food at the grocery store and food in the vending machines, fast food, health food, and seafood. We've got so much food that anything people don't buy, we just throw out. Yet 17 million kids in America struggle with hunger. That ain't right. Luckily, the Feeding America Nationwide Network of Food Banks has volunteers gathering excess food and getting it to hungry kids. They're kind of like... Food angels. Yeah, I made that up. It's kind of catchy. Hello, people. This isn't rocket science. We could solve hunger today. To start, become a food angel yourself by supporting Feeding America and your local food bank at feedingamerica.org. We can't do it without your help. To help solve hunger in Abilene and West Central Texas, contact Food Bank of West Central Texas or visit feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. All right, we're back with Kanye, and we've been talking about Ayurveda, the lifestyle that you can actually do. I mean, this is the lifestyle that you want to actually get yourself together. If you're looking to maintain a good, balanced, everyday life, then this is where it's at. 
the veil of mystery in this book will be lifted, and you will absolutely understand how this is something you could do for yourself to not only obtain optimal health, but to heal many of the illness and conditions that have plagued you. Because a lot of times, the modern medicine, no offense, I am on it, but I mean, what, what little change it can make if you actually just just start seeking into something different, you know? And I think that's why a lot of times our great, great grandparents, they didn't have too many issues decades ago because there was no medicine. So, you know, you had your own type of healing. You know, your grandmother always had something in her house that she could make up. Child, won't have to go to no doctor. I got it right here. She's mixing up all her little concoctions and everything. So, you know, that's what I think about when I think about Ayurveda. But this is a great book, um, and we're going to tell you where you can get it from. So, Shia, um, what are three things that an individual can do today to bring Ayurveda lifestyle wisdom into their daily routine? Yeah, go ahead and, you know, when you wake up in the morning, you know, Ayurveda, the ancient mm-hmm. wisdom, recommends that we all drink um, at least a cup of warm water. No more, no less. Just one big cup is good. And what that does is it just gives a jump start to our metabolism because our metabolism um, is, you know, is heat, is heat or thermal energy based. And ultimately, all heat comes from the sun, and all heat is the same, whether it's heat from chemicals, whether it is heat from acid. So when we drink hot water, before you drink your coffee or tea, you you go to the bathroom, and then you go and heat a cup of warm water, sit down and drink it. And do this for 30 days straight. And what you will notice is that you might actually lose a pound or two just by doing nothing else. Because what this will do is it will jumpstart your metabolism and it will, you know, have an effect at, at every cell in because macrocosm and microcosm are connected. And, you know, your own factory, your own inner you know, digestive metabolic, um, you know, a furnace would be working better. I'm just using really simplistic terms, not medical terms or not technical terms from Ayurveda. And, you know, people swear by this. If you tend to have sneezes in the morning, you get up and you have allergies in the morning, instead of grabbing that orange juice that's cold with vitamin C in it, go ahead and drink that cup of hot water. In fact, stay away from cold if you have allergies, cold foods, and then just, you know, drink that hot water. So that's one thing that I would tell everybody. The other thing that I would recommend is that if you fix your sleep and wake cycle, and I know that, we can't do it every day, and sometimes there are days we might have to stay up later. But if, you know, the birds and the bees and the plants and the trees were all connected with the sun, and we do go, you know, and as the sun moves through the sky with the animals, plants, we have our behavior of waking up, looking for food, having a fun playtime, and then, you know, as the sun goes down, the birds, animals, and all of the nature starts retiring, and long ago, as technique mentioned, our grandmothers, great-grandmothers, when we didn't have internet, when we didn't have like a lot of high voltage bulbs, we also kind of retired. And so there were less diseases. But we've started creating our own world, you know, with our own virtual world now. And we stay up really later and later and later. And then the next day we are dull and we are irritable. So instead, my teaching for you for just 30 days, do an experiment. Be a cynic. See if this works for you, and then you can, you know, know that, yeah, this is going to help me try and go to bed by 10. 
And if you do this regularly, like you catch yourself around 9.45 on your email, say, okay, I'm going to bed now, and start, you know, lowering your lights in the house and, you know, and then go to bed by 10. And even if you can't sleep, just go to bed, go to bed, go to bed. Soon you'll start sleeping and you'll wake up earlier and earlier. And that's going to, and, the, and now even I, I quoted some research in my book, which says that the, that the earlier you wake up, the, the more improved is your sleep cycle. And the more improved is your sleep cycle, the more improved is your own immunity. So it actually is very important to wake up. But instead of putting an alarm and trying to force yourself to wake up early, why not work on your bedtime, sleep earlier, and your okay. body will naturally wake you up, you know. And the third thing I just want to keep really simple is when you wake up in the morning, go and look at the window. After you've used the restroom, go outside or look through your window if it's cold and look at where the sun is rising or might rise. Open your arms and just connect with that great solar and spiritual energy and just say, you know, fill me up. That's all. That's your mantra. Fill me up, sunshine, and you will see a huge effect on your serotonin levels. And there's some research I've again quoted that uh, as soon as we're exposed to sunlight through our eyes, it wires up our entire brain. And it, and then we can, you know, the, the name of your talk, of your show, you know, um, it, it just comes alive, Technicia, with that connection with the sun in the morning. Wow. And, and most of the steps that you mentioned, like, especially about the phone, I try to do that before I go to bed. I put my phone far away from me so I don't even have to worry about hearing it beep or nothing else. And another good idea is to it, especially if you have the iPhone, is to put it on the night shift where it goes dark so it don't bother you as much. There are good things, even if outside your door. You have to put outside the door and do so, you know, things. But I could also try that. Now, that would probably be hard for me to do, the one with the alarm, because I'm so used to waking up at a certain time and waking up to make sure my daughters are prepared for school. But those are some great tips that I can implement into my life. Now, yoga plays a big part in Ayurveda. How do yoga and Ayurveda work together towards healing? Technicia, Ayurveda and yoga are considered sister sciences. So from ancient times in India, which gave us yoga, Ayurveda, meditation, and so much, you know, beautiful, mystical knowledge. Um, in ancient days, Ayurveda and yoga were really never practiced separately. They were practiced together. And, um, you know, so they work together. And that is why some of the biggest following I have are people from the yoga industry or the yoga, you know, the yoga lovers. They they must really pick up the copy, really try to incorporate Ayurveda into their life, and they'll be glad because Ayurveda, the kind that we are practicing with postures and breathing, if it can be accompanied with a certain mindful diet, which is seasonally attuned, or the meal is big, you know, in the daytime, lighter at nighttime, all these things, will just help you benefit from your yoga practice even more. So I would say that um, even the deep philosophy of yoga and Ayurveda, which wants us to not only have a healthy body and mind, but ultimately to connect with our spirit, is just like it's beautiful. It just connects beautifully together, technician. Okay. And I definitely understand. 
I can definitely understand that. We talk about best life, especially in your book. What does living your best life look like to you? What tip can you give people who are struggling with ill health? Uh, the best life that looks to, that you know that I can conceive of is a life of a, a, an inner life that is cultivated through solitude and connection with nature. So you know, uh, when my husband over the weekend, I really enjoy being in company with my beloved husband. But then come Monday, because I work from my home, I'm a writer and a teacher, and I. You know, I do teach at different places, but mostly I work from my home office. I look forward to the quietness and I look forward to the solitude, the spiritual solitude in which I can, you know, take care of myself. I can take myself out through excessive attachment to worry and, you know, and obsessing on things. And I can also take long walks in nature. And then I can cook for myself beautiful food, fresh food organic food. I can spend time in my garden growing some of the food. I can, you know, spend time smelling the spices and blessing them with love so they can love me back. So I like a life where I love myself. I care for myself. Mm -hmm. I have no shame about it. Right. And I can go out in the world and socialize or even deliver professional things. I'm a very busy woman. I'm well respected and known. But it comes from a deep inner will, um, in, inner well of well-being that is cultivated day by day, where I paint a new painting every day. So my life, my best life is a life of cultivated well-being and wellness through Ayurveda and yoga. Well, you know, that's, to me, as being a human being, we're like social animals. But we sometimes we feel alone, and everyone has so much work. As you said, you have you have so much to do. But this is when you have to take out the time to put a long time for yourself. And we're always rushing, especially in the United States. That's all we know how to do from nine to five. And we actually don't clock in at nine and clock out at five. But it's just an expression. No one has time. So all the comforts, all the comforts are here. We don't have. We, to me, we don't have all these comforts. Um, I would say probably like India. To me, India seems to be a little differently. Here, we're so much focused on more of a calculation. When it comes to healing and sending a doctor, we're focused on calculation of how much we have to pay and what we're going to get for it. Um, to me, in India, you have a difference. You believe in a healer. You believe in taking that time to meditate, to slow down, to see yourself as as you are here people more often we we sick due to the mind whether they're not physical body to me yeah i think you have a point but i think in india too we have pockets of highly advanced industrialized modern cities and city life and i think there okay. are i think this is a worldwide phenomena now where there are pockets of america which are now moving towards you know, your listeners of your show, for example, or or my students, you know, they are, we are all speaking together a different world. So I personally feel that Ayurveda and yoga and my message resonates with people who have already, they are not chasing the urban dream. They are not chasing 
you know, money and objects at any cost, but they really are beginning to value something deeper and something more abiding. So even when I go to India, I don't really connect with everybody because there are people lost in chasing a dream, the dream of a bigger house, a bigger money, and then they have bigger installments to pay and they're just caught, you know, in their world. And then there are some people, you know, who just feel like, they they explain that they are social animals, like you said, and they just just they'll stay in dysfunctional relationships and jobs forever, and that's why we even address the spiritual aspect of, you know, beginning to like observe and then step back and discern whether a certain relationship or profession serves my health or well-being or not. And going back to the concept of how is Ayurveda different from Western medicine, well. A Western medicine doctor would be happily prescribing us an antidepressant, but may not necessarily, you know, question the quality of our company we keep or how do we meditate or not. But Ayurveda and other systems from Asia would, you know, would be bolder. And, you know, and probably we live in a world now, Technicia, where we can, the West can borrow from the East, the East can borrow from the West. And ultimately... <laughs> right. Right, right. And ultimately, given the political situation we have right now going on, I personally feel that there are two kinds of people in this whole on this planet, the people who want to be asleep, and the people who want to be awake. And I think the people Mm -hmm. who want to be will welcome, you know, people like me and you, and our teachings and our message and our invitation in their life. Well, I agree with you all the way, Sonia. To me, quality and education is definitely a must, and I think Ayurveda can go a long way. Um, but now people, to me, people, they want to learn, but they need to get real knowledge, not just be given a certificate. Um, Ayurveda, it can it can go a long way. Sonia, what do you see as the future for Ayurvedic medicine in the U.S.? Um, Ayurveda, you know, I'm the president of uh, of a professional association of medicine in California, and I'm, you know, and I'm working with a very motivated team of people towards uh, probably legislation for Ayurveda, which you can see probably happening in five years from now. There are, you know, besides my school, Vedika Global, uh, you know, there are many more schools, you know, that are in California and cropping all, all over USA. And, you know, it's huge in European countries like Germany. So, I mean, Ayurveda is growing everywhere, and it's not like the Indian government is trying to push it. They couldn't care less. It's just people all over the world who have become the stakeholders. I'm one of the few uh, people from India who've learned in India who has a school. Most of the people who are founders of schools or teachers at the school have grown up in, you know, America or Midwest or Northeast, and they're like, they were attracted to Ayurveda. Most of them had personal miracles happening, which they call miracle, but it's really just science in Ayurveda, that their health awakened, and in spite of grim diagnosis, they're all, you know, so committed. And then, you know, Ayurveda, I feel, will become more and more popular. I mean, I get invited to major universities like UCLA, UCSF, where I have delivered lectures in Ayurveda in integrative medicine or philosophy or spirituality. 
you know, um, you know, lectures and symposiums. Why? Because now this whole field of integrative medicine is really opening up to Ayurveda and seeing that this really ancient wisdom was really ahead of its time when it proposed a multidimensional health model to look at the physical, the psychological, the social, the sensorial, and the spiritual aspects of existence. And this is like, you know, WHO just included, you know, social health. It is still to include spiritual health, but Ayurveda, you know, had this definition of health like 5,000 years ago. I mean, that's remarkable. And, you know, Western medicine mm-hmm. is still saying that health is freedom from disease, which is like a real sad definition, you know, it's just a very limited definition. But, you know, it's helpful, it works. So I think the future of Ayurveda is really bright. I feel like my book is adding to that future, and I hope that people would be interested in my book, Ayurveda Lifestyle Wisdom. And, you know, it can be found pretty much everywhere at every bookseller throughout America. Right. Now, there has there always, always believed in Ayurveda, or was there ever a period that you doubted or questioned it? Yeah, you know, I was born in a family and uh, of people who lived this knowledge and really loved it and taught it to others. And so it was something I grew up with, I took for granted, and I had, you know, radiant health as a child. But then I went through a period in my early teens, which I think we all go through, where, you know, we reject what is the norm. And I just felt like, are we weird? Are we strange? Why are we doing this? India was, you know, I was born in late 1960s and you know India was going through a change and getting very modern and you know moving on to different you know more uh, less traditional more new frontiers of knowledge and so I wondered if you were archaic and you know we questioned those things and I didn't even realize that I was really fortunate to be born in the family of a great master teacher and you know and that I would actually this would become my life I didn't know that and then so for a while there, I really rebelled, and then my health didn't do well. And then interestingly, around 18, or maybe I was 19, a lot of pain and inflammation increased in my body to the point where I couldn't walk many days. Some days I could, some days I couldn't. And so I was always, like, afraid that when that shooting pain would begin in my, you know, in my lower back and, and gradually, I mean, I couldn't breathe. I mean, even my ribs would be pain, painful. Of course, much later, like I mentioned, I found out that I have a genetic aberration and I have a condition and it it should do what it should do, what it was doing. But apparently, it was my movement away from that protective lifestyle that triggered it. And I've quoted a study which was, you know, published in a very esteemed magazine in in a journal of science in America about a genetic study where uh, you know, uh, 30 men with a low-grade prostate cancer were, uh, you know, were put in a bubble of leading a healthy lifestyle. And at the end of it, 50 of the four, 450 almost genes that cause the cancer got turned off. And 50 of the genes that fight the cancer got turned on. So the science of epigenetics is proving what happened to me that by change in our lifestyle, we change our very genes and the genetic coding of the condition. So when my condition worsened and my grandfather, the master teacher for our community, kind of just gently invited me back into the fold of Ayurveda, 
you know, I'm walking, I'm, I'm leading a full life, and apparently I must have also turned off the genes that, forced, that would otherwise force me into a wheelchair or painkillers or opiates. So I almost feel like the grim prognosis that I get from, uh, from, um, from a rheumatologist saying, oh, no, you have a genetic condition. This is just what it's going to be. You're going to be on painkillers forever. At least I have an option. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I can take a painkiller prescription, but I might not use it ever. Uh, you know, and that's great. Oh, wow. And if I need to, I might use it once. That's about it. Right. I know that's right, and I'm, I know you're glad that you was able to have this tradition. I mean, because this, this tradition right here shaped your whole perception of health. Like you said, I could take the pills, but I don't necessarily have to. But see, for ones who don't know, we'll be on medicine and be paying these high doctor bills for the rest of your lives, you know. Um, as as far as it go, what do you want, Shania, from, for people to get from this book? I just hope that people get hope. <laughs> I hope people get hope. That sounds like poetry. But I, 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 and I really hope that they get affordable, ecological, ethical options right there in their own kitchen or garden or living room to really find a new way. I have at this point worked with more than a, I don't, I can't even count, thousands of people. And I come from deep, deep conviction and, you know, humbleness at this great tradition that I had tried to push away for whatever reasons, probably to own it again. And, you know, I just feel that um, my book is really a really honest reach out to so much suffering that's out there. So many people who've lost hope, who are living with like, you know, very deterministic, destined kind of prognosis that this is it and i just hope that they can awaken to a new paradigm and and they don't have to change anything i promise you beyond just tweaking your diet and you know taking one aspect of your life at a time digestion your sleep and seeing the improvements yeah well i do i appreciate you for being on here and just Given us the beautiful and charming learnings that we don't under sometimes understand, but you are giving us all this advice, and I really do appreciate. It. And I hope people, you do, you pick up this book because there's so much in. It. I mean, it covers the how tos, the morning and evening, self care, daily contemplation, self massage and skin care, cooking, including recipes, beauty rituals, and more. What book are you? What book will you find that will have all that? You have books that might have cooking. One is gonna have this, but this book contains it all. You cannot beat that. What can we actually pick up your book, Shania? Uh, my book Ayurveda, A Y U R V E D A, lifestyle wisdom can be, you know, bought at any Barnes and Noble, any Whole Foods, any Pharmaca, but you can also buy it just online through any of those stores, such as Amazon, etc. And Pretty much just, you know, type in uh, on your, uh, you know, search engine, Ayurveda, Lifestyle Wisdom. Or you can put go to my website, Acharya Shunya, A-C-H-A-R-Y-A-S-H-U-N-Y-A.com. And I'm sure you'll find that name, you know, on the little blurb next to this podcast. And then you can look it up and you shall be led to the book. Find me, write to me, and I hope 
that, you know, you really enjoy your health. Uh, I give you all my blessings. Yes, most most definitely. This is a great book that you can add to your bookshelf for any day. This is a great gift to give anyone. I believe so. And as I said, there's so much in there that's combined that you can get out of there, practicing riches and recipes and stories. So make sure you definitely pick up a copy of that. Um, and before I leave you, my truth of the day from my friend Mary Ellen is this. Instead of struggling against the current of life, use the natural flow like a mighty wind. Trust the universe. God is taking you exactly where you need to be in every situation. Instead of struggling against the current of life, have faith and allow this current to carry you through your tough times. Become willing to let go of your resistance and your control. Make choices to become exhilarated by life as you effortlessly ride this current. Today, allow your soul to soar with freedom as you soar with the universe. God, enjoy the day, everyone, and remember the mantra from Affirmation. Either your mind expands to match your goals or your goals for strength to match your mind. I appreciate you, Shania, for being on. I appreciate you, listeners. Please, if you're listening to the archive, share it with someone because it may do them some good this year. I'll see you the next time on The Bright Side with Technicia. God bless. Thanks for listening to The Bright Side with Technicia. If you like what you heard, tell your dad, mother, cousin, uncle, whomever. Be sure to check out the archive section at www.brightsidewithtk.com. 